There's no such thing as questions, just hidden answers. Stay tuned to PH Murder Stories as we revisit the inconceivable crimes that exist. Some listeners may find the following content of PH Murder Stories highly disturbing due to its graphic nature. PH Murder Stories does not condone nor promote violence of all sorts. Listener discretion is advised. May kaakibat na galit o pagkamuhi doon sa gender identity or sexual orientation ng tao. Kasi magkasama sila, inimbita siya, nagkita sila sa isang bar, pumasok pa sa isang lodge-in, tapos yung way ng pagpas lang sa kanya na sinakal siya at maaring naihampas pa yung kanyang ulo doon sa, sa inidoro, tapos doon na lamang siya iniwan ng ganun-ganun na lamang matapos siyang gamitin. Masakit lalo kasi liliwing na nga siya lahat-lahat. Hindi pa rin humaharap yung hayop na yun. Kung pwede ako na lang din pumatay sa kanya, di ba rin makulong ako. Pagigante lang kita. I feel very sorry for their loss and what they've had to go through. And I can relate just a little because I know how much this has affected our own family. On October 12, 2014, a transgender woman was found naked and beaten to death on a restroom floor in a motel located in Alongapo City. Witnesses saw another transgender person accompany the victim, and a white male foreigner entered the Calzone Lodge the night before the body was found. Jeffrey Jennifer Laude was a 26-year-old transgender woman who went under the nickname Ganda, which means beautiful in Filipino. She was described as a beautiful woman, not just by how she looked, but how she was filled with joy and selflessness. As described by her sister Marilu, Jennifer was always a helpful friend who gave financial support and a place to stay to people in need. She was also the Laude family's provider where she would regularly transfer money to her mother residing in Leyte's province. Jennifer's charming personality made people around her comfortable, including her German boyfriend, which she met online two years before her death. Jennifer and Mark Suzelbeck got engaged during their fruitful relationship and were already planning to get married in Thailand. Unfortunately, their plans got hindered, which left Mark heartbroken as he sought justice for his lover's demise. As for Jennifer's gender, her friends lauded her confidence about sexuality. She was out and proud, with nothing to hide, and never feared that she would meet violence by being a transgender woman. Jennifer used makeup and clothes to own her sexuality. A friend of Jennifer would describe her that she would be entirely made up even when she was just inside the house. Her friend recalled a funny moment with Jennifer, quote, 
Even when we went to the beach, she'd stop short of dunking her face in the water so she won't ruin her makeup. Unquote. Meanwhile, her sister Marilu said, Jennifer favored clothes that flaunted her assets, but added that she did not need to act differently to grab attention. She never expected that Jennifer would be treated violently because of her sexuality. Marilu would ask her sister if she was afraid to let her male companions know the truth about her sexuality. Jennifer replied, I'm not afraid to hide who I am. It is up to them if they are scared or not. We could all agree that one's sexuality should never be an excuse to commit violence or murder. Marilu further said, quote, Just because you're gay, you'll get killed? We could have accepted it if she were beaten up. Something could have been done, and she would still be with us. How can something be done now when she's dead? Unquote. Sadly, one Saturday night of what seemed a regular night for Jennifer became one of the LGBT community's most tragic incidents that shook the country. Jennifer was found lifeless, collapsed on the floor. Her neck was covered in bruises, and her head leaning against the toilet bowl in the comfort room of a hotel in Olongapo City. She was last seen with a young Caucasian male later identified by police authorities to be Private First Class Joseph Scott Pemberton that became the primary suspect in her murder. Witnesses told the authorities that they saw Jennifer checking in at Calzone Lodge in Barangay East Tapinac, accompanied by a white male foreigner. Just an hour before, Jennifer had been with friends at a nearby disco bar. According to the police report, Laude asked witness Mark Clarence Galviro, known as Barbie, to accompany her and the male foreigner to the hotel. But Jennifer reportedly asked Barbie to leave before the suspect knew that they are gays. An hour later, Laude was found with visible injuries on the neck, suggesting that she might have been strangled. After quickly finding out the whereabouts of the last person seen with Jennifer, the authorities got ready with their investigation and probable cause to arrest the prime suspect. On October 14, two days after finding Jennifer's lifeless body, the Philippine National Police identified Private First Class Joseph Scott Pemberton as a suspect in Laude's killing. Reports also suggest that Jennifer was a victim of a hate crime. According to the investigation, Pemberton's discovery that Laude was gay prompted him to kill the victim. Meanwhile, the United States Embassy expressed their sympathy for Jennifer's family and vowed to investigate the possible involvement of Scott Pemberton in her death. The U.S. Pacific Command stops the departure of the two U.S. ships from Subic Bay while authorities investigate the killing. Following the provisions of the Visiting Forces Agreement between the Philippines and the United States, the U.S. took custody of Pemberton, who was being held on board USS Peleliu, one of the two ships that brought the U.S. troops in the Philippines. Days after her painful death, Jennifer Laude's autopsy report 
says she died due to asphyxia by drowning. Subsequently, Marilu, Jennifer's sister, filed a murder complaint against Pemberton. The Laude family was represented by human rights lawyer Harry Roque, who is now the current presidential spokesperson of the Duterte administration. Following the cruel events that took place in Olongapo, protesters seeking justice for Jennifer's death went in front of the USS Peleliu, where Pemberton was being held. The Philippine government also promised justice for Jennifer. She was laid to rest on October 24. When news broke out of Jennifer's slaying, the Commission on Human Rights conducted an independent investigation into the case, noting that the case was a heinous crime applied to a member of a vulnerable sector of society. As for Jennifer's boyfriend, Mark Suzelbeck, if the decision were his to make, he said the person who killed his girlfriend, Jennifer, should get the death penalty. In an interview with a popular news outlet, he said, quote, But if the Philippine law does not allow death penalty, I would like to see the suspect get punished accordingly. Death penalty or not, I hope we will get justice for what happened to her. Unquote. Meanwhile, Jennifer's family and friends were hurt and outraged by the insensitive and ignorant comments online about Ganda. Besides discrimination against Jennifer's sexuality, careless netizens made outlandish claims that she might have been killed because she attempted to steal money from the suspect. Jennifer's sister recalled how she saw a post on Facebook asking users if the suspect in the case should be held accountable. To her surprise, the no votes won. Marilu said, quote, It is right for the suspect not to be held accountable? If the case happened to a family member, would you agree to just let it go? Unquote. On December 15, prosecutors from Olongapo City charged the suspect with the murder of Jennifer Laude. According to Chief Prosecutor Emily Fe de los Santos, the prosecution panel recommended that U.S. Marine Private First Class Joseph Scott Pemberton be charged with murder, not the lower charge of a homicide. The prosecution found aggravating qualifying circumstances that showed that Jennifer's slaying was an act of murder. Further, the prosecutor also said, quote, It's a capital offense, so there will be no bail. There was aggravated treachery, abuse of superior strength and cruelty. That counts as a qualifying circumstance. Because you have those three aggravating qualifying circumstances, it's murder. Unquote. Meanwhile, the Laude family welcomed the prosecutor's filing of charges. According to their lawyer, Harry Roque, quote, This means the private complainant proved not just the killing of Laude, but that she was killed in a brutal manner. This is the first step to justice. This is not an ordinary case, but it's under the VFA. The question is, where will Pemberton be detained? Will he be handcuffed and brought to face the court? Unquote. Roque also said that the case was crucial because it concerned the country's military deal with the United States, the 1998 Visiting Forces Agreement. 
on February 2015, three months after the Alongapo City filed murder charges against Scott Pemberton. The Department of Justice junked the suspect's appeal to overturn the murder charge. Two months later, his murder trial began. On August 24, Pemberton testified and admitted to attacking Jennifer Laude. However, he claimed that he did not murder her and that his actions were in self-defense. Pemberton said that he pushed Laude, who fell from the bed, but got back up and slapped him in the face. He retaliated by choking her, which left her unconscious. He claims he tried to revive her with water in the bathroom, but decided to leave after finding no water. He also said that Jennifer was still alive when he left her. Pemberton's defense attorney, Jay Tolosa, said that the prime suspect, quote, felt that he was being raped. He was so repulsed and so disgusted because he did not give his consent to allow a man to do that to him, unquote. More than seven months after Scott Pemberton's unacceptable testimony, the Alongapo City Regional Trial Court, Branch 74, found the suspect guilty beyond reasonable doubt of homicide in Laude's death. The court found that the crime did not have the legal elements of murder and that Pemberton acted out of, quote, passion and obfuscation when he armlocked the deceased and dunked her head in the toilet, unquote. Pemberton was sentenced to 6 to 12 years imprisonment. The Philippine and U.S. governments clarified the Visiting Forces Agreement over where the convicted killer should be incarcerated. Subsequently, he was detained in Camp Aguinaldo. Pemberton's homicide conviction is the first under the Visiting Forces Agreement since the Philippines and the United States signed it in 1998. Family and friends will always remember Jennifer Laude for her light-hearted take on otherwise serious things. The most memorable was her recent comment about her mortality. About a month before her death, Jennifer had said that she did not want to die old and end up buried under the ground. Her reason? According to Marilu, Jennifer said, quote, She wanted to look fresh. She did not want to be buried because the worms would make her ugly. Baala na, basta maganda pa rin ako, sabi niya. Unquote. The arrest of Scott Pemberton finally brought justice to Jennifer Laude's family and the LGBT community. Years later, a sudden turn of events derailed the mourners of getting full justice for the murder of their beloved Ganda. Stay tuned to our next episode as we uncover the shocking release of the suspect. For further updates, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at PH Murder Stories, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, PH Murder Stories. If you have case suggestions, please go to our website at phmurderstories.com and fill out the request form at File Your Blotter. Did you like this episode? Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, or if you're listening in other platforms, kindly send us a review on our Facebook page or send us a tweet. 
You can also share our podcast to your Instagram and Facebook stories through Spotify. Your support would significantly benefit PH Murder Stories to produce more quality content. We're also inviting you to join our Facebook group, PH Murder Stories, The Verdict, and participate in our bi-weekly discourse about true crime, both local and international. This group is a safe space for true crime and mystery fans like us who want to engage in thorough discussions about the subject. See you there, suspects. The verdict is in your hands. See you there. One of the most gruesome murders towards an overseas Filipino worker happened in 2016 when authorities from Kuwait discovered the body of a missing Filipina placed in a freezer at an abandoned apartment. The gruesome discovery of her remains sent shockwaves across the OFW community. In 2007, a young mother fighting for custody of her two daughters suddenly disappeared. Two years later, she was found cemented inside a jump dumped in the waters of Navota City, Metro Manila. After a valid testimony of a disgruntled witness who later on recanted his story and became missing up to this date. At midnight of July 18, 2002, a 32-year-old British businessman was found murdered at his apartment in Makati City, Metro Manila. For years, the case would go unsolved, while his mother battled to piece together the clues of his death. Want to hear the rest of these sensational true crime stories? Subscribe as a prime suspect at our Patreon page and get one bonus exclusive case every month for only $5. Patreon is a way to join your favorite creators community and pay them for making the stuff you love. You can now pay a few bucks per month or per post that the creator makes. For more updates, please visit our website at phmurderstories.com, subscribe to our YouTube channel, PH Murder Stories, and follow our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at PH Murder Stories.